Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every day for a few minutes, about 13 minutes. And in doing so, that helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But you know, being in God's Word every day, even for just a short time, it helps keep us focused on our relationship with God as well. And it also helps us to have a more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. Boy, life throws a lot at us every day. Well, you know people in your life who need to change their focus, their direction. They need to get in God's Word. They need for their faith to develop and grow stronger. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally with everybody you can. By getting somebody into God's Word every day through these short studies, you may help them turn their life around, grow in their faith, and ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment, follow through, start sharing today. We want to get back into our study, talking about seven sins that will keep you out of heaven. Well, we could simply boil that down and say, sin will keep you out of heaven. And that's essentially what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. He also listed the same kind of understanding and a number of other listings of sin that will keep us out of heaven. And all of these are simply representative listings. They're not all-inclusive or exhaustive. They're simply giving us the general understanding that sinfulness, living in sinful lifestyles, will keep us out of heaven. Now, we've looked at the first couple of kind of the broad groupings of sins that he listed in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 2. In the first one, he talked about sacred sins, and he focused on idolatry, the worship of idols. He said, that's going to keep you out of heaven, because there is only one true God, and that is God himself. Then we began looking at the second grouping, and that's sexual sins. And we looked at the first one of those in specific that he mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10. He said, neither fornicators. Now, this is also translated often in the New Testament scriptures as sexual immorality. And that is a broad umbrella of all kinds of sexual sins. And so fornicators or sexual immorality. Now, then the next one under that particular broad umbrella of sexual immorality or fornication, and a lot of people think of fornication as being sexual immorality committed outside of marriage, before a person gets married, when a person is not married. But it's really more of a broad umbrella for all kinds of sexual immorality. Now, specific with, with, within that umbrella is adultery. And that's the next one we look at. Adultery, we understand. And moikoi uh, is the Greek word. It is any voluntary cohabitation or sexual relationship with a married person 
or bet, maybe we should say between a married person and somebody else to whom he or she is not married. Interesting. In simple terms, it is one spouse cheating on the other spouse. And it can be either with another married person, someone who's married to somebody else, or to a single person. Two of the Ten Commandments, adultery, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 14, and coveting a neighbor's wife, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17, are focused on protecting the marriage relationship. Under that law, adultery is punishment. And aren't you glad we don't live under the Old Testament law of Moses today? Under that law, that spiritual law, the Old Testament law of Moses, the punishment for for adultery was death. Death. Execution. It was that serious. Adultery does not dissolve a marriage but is the only reason that God allows for divorce and remarriage. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 9, Jesus said, Jesus said, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality or fornication and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. You see, that is how serious adultery is. It is the only, the only sanctioned reason in God's mind for divorce and remarriage. Now, someone might say, well, what about if a husband beats his wife? Or, conversely, (laughs) a woman beats her husband. Uh, That's terrible, but that's not grounds for divorce in God's eyes. You should have recognized that behavior pattern in that person before you married them. A lot of people rush into marriage without being properly prepared for marriage. Well, Christians living in an evil society must be careful to not let their guards down and start taking part themselves in the evil of that society in which they live. And we certainly live in a society that is couched in evil, that is permeated with evil. Just because having sex on dates and living together and cheating on spouses is common and acceptable does not mean that it's acceptable to God. No, it does not. We need to understand that sin is still sin. And it doesn't matter how many people are involved in that kind of practice, it's still sin, and it's condemned by God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 17, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is not sin leading to death, or there is a sin not leading to death. Now, the sin that is repented of and sought forgiveness for properly will not lead to death. But the person who continues to live in sin they cannot expect eternal life with God in heaven. We need to recognize the dangers of sin. And right now, our culture just almost does not even consider the terrible sinfulness that sexual sins, with which sexual sinfulness has permeated our culture, our society, our country. Living together outside of marriage is not okay. It doesn't matter if you know 25 different couples who are doing it. 
it's still sin for all 25 couples. Adultery, cheating on your spouse after you're married, it doesn't matter if you know all kinds of couples who take part in that, it's eternally condemning sin in God's eyes. Now, the third sexual sin that Paul brings out in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, is homosexuality. Now, we're not supposed to talk about that as being sin in our culture today, are we? We're, we're, we're supposed to just say, hey, that's normal. That's as, that's as godly as heterosexual sexual relationships. Well, why would God condemn it then over and over again? It refers to sexual acts between two people of the same gender. Effeminate, malakoi in the Greek, does not refer to being soft-spoken, having feminine mannerisms, or dressing as a woman, although these often accompany it. It is the passive male partner, men and boys, who allow themselves to be used homosexually. Now, what, how did Paul put it there in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10? Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. Interesting. Homosexuals can appear masculine, but become effeminate by permitting their bodies to be used as a woman for sexual purposes. Now, the word in the Greek literally means soft. Matthew 11 and verse 8, and is generally thought to refer to the partner who is receiving the sexual act. The word... A different word in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10 literally means male better, B-E-D-D-E-R, and is generally thought to refer to the partner who is in the action of having the homosexual sexual intercourse. Now, combined, these words cover all sexual conduct that occurs between two people of the same gender. And one scholar writes that the New Testament condemns every conceivable type of same-sex intercourse. The Apostle Paul became very direct and descriptive in the first chapter of Romans when he was talking about, in a rather lengthy discourse, about homosexuality. He says, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. It's virtually impossible to not understand that Paul, by inspiration from God, guided by the Holy Spirit to write what he wrote, is describing the homosexual relationship there, either between two men or two women, and is condemned in God's word. Now, that's not being mean-spirited. That's simply pointing out the truth of Scripture. 
That's not being hateful. Again, pointing out the truth is helpful to help people see what could be the potential error of their thinking and their ways. We need to love people even in sinful lifestyles, but we need to not excuse the sinful lifestyles themselves. Our time's just about up today, so we're going to stop and park here. We'll come back and we'll talk about the last grouping of Paul's listing of these seven sins that will keep a person out of heaven. Let's pray together. Father, help us to recognize sin as being sin, to not try to paint evil as being good and good as being evil, but to simply recognize the truth and accept it and make the proper applications to our lives. Help us and guide us to never be hateful toward people who are caught up in sin, but to love them enough to try to teach them the truth, but help us to always never compromise on that truth. We pray, Father, guide people to see that truth. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Our prayer is offered to you in Jesus' name. Amen.